What up, Justin? How are we doing today? <sighs> you want to know how I'm doing, Saul? <laughs> you want to know how I'm doing? Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Not no, good. I, I know. I know. But uh, hey, you know, we'll get to, into that in a second. We we can't all win them all. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, but that's exactly to, what happened. But it had to be your Phoenix Suns, huh? Out of all teams in the in the National Basketball Association, out of all teams in the Western Conference, it had to be the team that my guy on Total BS Podcast represents. It's fucking... What a time to be alive, baby. What a time oh to be God. alive. Let's get it. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. Fun times, fun times, fun <laughs> times. Justin, you know, we might as well just go ahead and start right there. What was your what was your big takeaway from that series? Uh, one, the Phoenix Suns capitalized on a team that had a short offseason and was dealing with a plethora of injuries. Uh, I mean, you roll your eyes go. at me. Here we go. Here we well, go with the excuses. But tip, got to tip your cap to the Phoenix Suns. You know, Devin Booker in that 47-point performance last night or the other night, to me, was – his way of saying, you know what? A lot of you people have been doubting me and being the top option or at least being one of the top guards in the NBA. Well, let me come out and hang 47 in a series clinching game in Staples Center. That right there was a moment that is going to either define or be a part uh, significantly in Devin Booker's career. But with the excuses that I'm referring to, I mean, the Miami Heat got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. They were in the NBA Finals a year ago. The Lakers, they get bounced in the first round. With the the bubble and the short offseason, coupled with the injuries that the Lakers were dealing with throughout the course of the season, Anthony Davis was banged up. LeBron James was nursing an ankle injury, and he's never really dealt with this amount of injuries in his career. So getting through this season injured while also trying to repeat as champions i mean it was an uphill battle from the get-go for the los angeles lakers now with that being said how many people do you know counted out the phoenix suns even before they they played a game oh you know i was looking yeah. at um espn's nba insiders and their predictions 17 out of the 18 people picked the Lakers to win the series. The only yeah. person not to pick the Lakers and pick the Suns in six games was Bobby Marks. So big shout out to Bobby Marks uh, for getting that right. But you know, man. Let, let, let's 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 get Da's thoughts on exactly uh, what he thinks about your comment just now about the Suns losing to the Lakers. Oh, I just lost it. What just happened there? Oh, <laughs> that sucks. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Man, see, um, now I'm gonna show you. <laughs> damn it i lost it man it was so good it was i was ready i was ready i, I was ready to go and then then i lost it yeah oh well oh well it's not good again yeah okay anyway okay um <laughs> anyway so yeah uh you know it, it was just uh listen you can give me all the excuses you want in the world but the fact of the matter is, is not only did ad miss out um and he was injured and lebron allegedly was injured um Chris Paul was also injured. And Chris Paul is the main reason why the Lakers even won game two because yeah. they didn't have a closer. The Suns didn't have a closer. Devin Booker couldn't get the job done down the stretch. Um, and the Lakers closed that game out. And you saw that come to fruition in game five uh, when Chris Paul was feeling pretty good. And, or I'm sorry, uh, game four when Chris Paul was feeling pretty good, hitting some shots down the stretch. And he closed the Lakers out in Staples before they had to come back to Phoenix. And then the Lakers got mollywopped by 30. And I don't care what team you got on the floor. There's no reason why any NBA team should lose to another NBA team by 30 points. And consistently 30 points, like basically the entire game uh, from the second quarter on. Yep. Game five was a travesty. And then on top of that, let's just throw in Mr. LeBron James. And, and let me just say this. LeBron is a great player. He's going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. But this series right here cemented his legacy in my eyes as he's not one of the greatest top five players of all time. And the oh, reason wow. why is, is because you don't 
you don't under any circumstances quit on your team ever, especially if you're the face of the franchise. The way he walked off the bench with five minutes left to go in game five and then game six multiple times. There's a time where Phoenix crosses half court, takes Mikhail Bridges takes a jump shot. Jay Crowder gets the rebound. LeBron is still not across half court, just walking. He, yeah. he quit. He quit on his team. And to get more on that, we're going to bring in my guy, Scoop B. Scoop, <laughs> what is cracking, my man? Nothing. Did you really use Molly Wobbed on a professional podcast? I sure did. I sure did. And this ain't no professional podcast. I'll, I'll drop an S word or an F word anytime I damn want. You probably use the S word, but I had, um, you're making me want to watch the movie In Too Deep when we get off, man. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you ain't no cop, Jay Reed. You a sellout. You, man, how's everybody doing? Good, good, yeah. good. You know, we're just uh, rehashing this Lakers travesty that happened yeah. this week. And, and you know, honestly, like, I, as much as I want to talk about the Lakers, and obviously the Lakers are are the forefront of on everybody's mind, and, and that's the storyline, right? The Suns are equally as much of the storyline, and I think they're getting lost in the sauce because of the failures of the Lakers. The Suns aren't getting the love that they they deserve. They, they, they want it fair square. Um, and I think when you – Look at the um, the Phoenix Suns. Their season and their story overall uh, has just been uh, remarkable. Um, I, I think when you look at Chris Paul and you look at um, his ability to find his way to Phoenix and join up with Monty Williams, and uh, you see the improvement of DeAndre Ayton and, and, and really and truly Devin Booker. It really started at the bubble last year. Um, these guys were were like the opening act for the Lakers. And then a year later, they become the round one spoiler. And so I think, you know, when you look at the Phoenix Suns, that definitely gets lost in translation. Um, and I think James Jones, as much as people want to look at Sean Marks as, you know, executive of the year, I, I think that writers who have voting say, I don't have voting say just yet. But I think that um, the, the, those who have voting say should, should really genuinely consider uh, James Jones uh, for yeah. – uh, executive of the year because you know the Phoenix Suns surprised a lot of people and you know they won it after you know not appearing in a, over a decade. This is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Devin Booker scoring forty seven points in that game. You know I thought he was fantastic and I'm still not sold on him being the number one guy and leading a team to a championship. But I think he really solidified <clears throat> himself as one of the top guards in the Western Conference with that game in Game Six. Saul Bookman. Sorry, yeah, sorry about that, guys. I had technical difficulties. That's all good, man. You got to listen, man. You know how back in the day with the turn knob TVs, with the, you got to put some foil on the antenna, tilt your leg that one yeah. way. Yeah. It's it, same with Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm even wired up. I've been having technical difficulties all morning. I don't know what's happening. But did the stream on your guys' end, was it okay? Yeah, when you tuned out, I was like, I hope Justin could still hear me, but I hope my man Saul comes back. We were discussing Devin Booker in the 47 points, and Justin was saying that um, he feels that uh, while the sun, he feels that I guess you were saying you don't still see him as a bona fide superstar yet, but you see he's on his way. Yeah, I don't see the Phoenix Suns winning an NBA championship with Devin Booker as the number one guy. Um, but I think that game right there showed that he's capable of being a superstar in this league. So who would you say they need to take it to the next level? Mm. This is interesting. This is interesting. Kawhi Leonard. Why Why do you feel that way about Devin Booker? Hmm? Why do you feel that way about Devin Booker? Because we haven't seen it yet. I mean, but he just showed you 47 in, in game 47, 47 points in one game, but we still haven't seen it yet. He, he had, had 30, 30 in the last game. game. He had 30 he had in 34 in game one. Like, what else do you need from him? Let's see it in a series where – they're not playing against Alex Caruso and Catavius Caldwell. Uh, but according to Lakers fans, Alex Caruso should be all defensive team, at least first or second. No. He wants his firstborn child, some blood, and a crispy chicken sandwich from, from Chick-fil-A. Yo, yo. I mean, what does my man have to do? <laughs> okay, okay. You know, I, just I, don't, give- I, don't, I just don't see him being the number one guy on a team and winning a championship. I just don't see it yet. I feel like this season, I, I won't say championship. I, I I will lower my expectations just because I want to see how things match up in round two. But I'll say this. Uh, every team that Chris Paul has gone on 
the last two seasons, he's made them better. Like that's the epitome of, of everyday working people going to their job and making it a better place. And they're still fully functioning after you left. I, I, I think that at the end of the day, um, Phoenix doesn't get the look that New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or even Philadelphia gets. So you're in that market. I, I so respectfully, but I, I think, I think Chris Paul coming to that Phoenix team has upgraded them. Like, like it is the epitome of of Destiny's ch- or of, of of Beyonce. Let me upgrade you. You just got to close the deal and win a championship. And I think yeah. you're, you don't you don't see that. You don't see you. I, I feel like I feel like that's Chris Paul and Devin Booker's team. But I feel like Devin Booker gets you the points. DeAndre Ayton is a rising star. Like when he first came into the league, he told you that he could see a, a Kobe and Shaq part two. And mm-hmm. all you added was was a was a was a, a, a quality point guard who is is in his his second act. And yeah. I feel like it just doesn't get the attention because they're not Denver, they're not Utah. But I, I feel like I feel like they got a good supporting cast. Well, I, I think they have just as good a chance as anybody to get to the to the NBA and, Finals from the and, West. And, he, and here's the thing on why I think my take is a little premature. Okay. Devin Booker is only 24 years old. True. We haven't really seen the full capabilities of Devin Booker. I mean, we, we haven't even seen him in his prime yet. That's not going to come for another four or five years. So Kobe, Kobe went in his prime when him and Shaq started winning championships, though. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just I'm 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 giving you some alternative facts. Um, I get you. I get you. The, the only my only beef with that is is that you know when you throw in the Knicks, right? Like, okay, cool, the Knicks. Like, you might be a little too close to home for the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like, the Knicks in in a real in the real world scenario of of the NBA this year, the Knicks should not have gotten more love than the Suns, but they did. Why is that? New York. Yeah, because it's New York. That's the yeah. only reason. Everybody talking about Julius Randle and blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, you got the second best team, almost the, the best team in the West, a harder conference from top to bottom, uh, balling out and not getting any love from, from anybody, you know, west or east of the Mississippi. Like, yeah. that's 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 part of the problem with 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 honing in on all the huge markets. Markets. Um, if, you, if you're a big, you know, if you're a big outlet, you know, it starts with like the ESPNs of the world and stuff like that. You know, like you got to pay attention to everybody because you never know. You know, Golden State wasn't getting much love until the Splash Brothers started to make a splash. And then all of a sudden it was like everybody started paying attention. They were like, oh, you know, but but what started that? What started that, Scoop? Steph Curry went into the garden and dropped 55. And all of a sudden, everybody started paying attention to the Warriors. Well, well I'll tell you what. I, I, In 2013, I remember I've been, paying I've been paying attention to the Warriors since Mark Curry played for him on Hang With Mr. Cooper. So, you know, I, I, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and what was that? Sean Kent, when he dunked on Chris Gatlin, and then he got up and they shook hands out. Yep, they were like, yeah, all right, you got me. Yep. But but no, seriously, you're right. The whole and it took Steph Curry getting getting ankle health in order in order for folks with, because they wrote him off as if he was just going to be a draft dud coming in from Davidson. I think he over he over delivered from a, a small pool and and become became one of the greats. I, I think that um, and that's a whole nother conversation just about Steph Curry and his and his his impact on basketball within the last five to eight years, even how today's players play the game, um, which is why folks look at Trey Young and and they they um, try to make that comparison. I think Trey Young is one yeah. of them. Uh, but, but, I, but I do think that there is a bias as it relates to Regency, just like the Lakers are out of the round one and they're still getting attention, whether yeah. it's facing kids, coaching, uh, future – as well as, you know, what moves the Lakers will make. L.A. drives the engine. New York drives the engine. But I'll add this. I think the Knicks over-delivered um, this year. But I also think that um, nobody expected them to be be who they were. But I also I think um, – and I, I still thought that Brooklyn was going to be – the cash cow in and in, in, in within the five boroughs. I mean, I think they proved I think they the Knicks proved that when the Knicks are the Knicks, 
then it doesn't matter what the Nets do. Yeah. The Nets are the best team in the league probably, right? They, they're the favorites to win the championship. And they're still playing second fiddle to a team that's not even in the playoffs yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. It blows my and, mind. And to a team uh, where their best player is Julius Randle. Right? Not Kevin Durant, James Harden, or no. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> oh my goodness. Unbelievable. Um, but I'm gonna get your I'm gonna get your guys' take on this. Does do smaller markets only work when you have that bona fide superstar, that global icon? Like, for instance, Golden State versus Cleveland. I mean, those aren't necessarily New York or LA markets, but people love that series because it was LeBron versus Steph Curry. It was the biggest face in basketball going up against the best team in basketball at that time. I mean, it was two big faces, though. I mean, Steph Curry is a, well, is for a sure. large figure. But, you know I mean? but like guys like Max Kellerman, and I'm not trying to start a beef here, but uh, I think he tweeted that the NBA is shaking its fist right now because there's a possibility that we're going to see Utah and Milwaukee in the NBA Finals. Just because smaller markets, nobody wants to see Utah, nobody wants to see Milwaukee. I'm like, I'd love to see Giannis Antetokounmpo play in the NBA Finals. I think five of the nine remaining teams right now have never made the NBA Finals. And I think that's refreshing. That's awesome. I think it's refreshing. The scoop. I do you disagree? Do you think it's it's good that we we might see the Nets in the in the in the championship and they've you know they've made it to the NBA Finals, but they've never won it uh, when they played the Spurs, I believe, back in the day. And the Lakers. And the Lakers. And the Lakers, yep. Yeah, I think it's cool, but I also think it's cool because the Nets are an ABA team that moved to the NBA. And I'll add this one, <clears throat> the reason why the Nets do not get, and this is not your question, but I just want to give it some context. The reason why the Nets do not get the same recognition that the Knicks get is because the Nets are not a, an original New York City team. They started on Long Island. They literally yeah. played at Nassau Coliseum, moved to Rutgers in New Jersey, and then moved to the Brendan Arena, and then moved to uh, Newark, where, and then they went to Brooklyn. So I think when you look at small teams, I make the Nets comparison to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder moved from Seattle to Oklahoma. Your kids become Thunder fans, and then their kids become Thunder fans. But I feel like the Nets moving to Brooklyn, it's cool, but – Nets, the Nets are still second fiddle because Manhattan runs the world, and I feel like, I feel like, m- my kids or Justin's kids could have the chance to to potentially just become fans in the same vein that a Seattle SuperSonics team moving to Oklahoma City makes that happen. And you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder; they went to the finals in 2012. A young Thunder team with you know Russ and 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 James Harden. They weren't going to beat the Miami Heat in that vein, but. I think it's a different ball game in, in Brooklyn. You know, one of the reasons I can tell you that Kyrie Irving, you know, for example, went to Brooklyn uh, was because he grew up a Nets fan living in New Jersey and watching Kid yeah. Jefferson yeah. Martin. And what ended up happening is, um, you know, the, he didn't want to go to the Knicks because it would be the epitome of LeBron being from Akron playing for the Bulls. It's that pressure. It's that pressure of Kyrie, the Patrick Ewings, the John Starks, the the Willis Reeds, the 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 – the, the wall Clyde Frazier's um, and, you know, he and Kevin were a package deal. And so I think when you look at what the Nets are doing, they're in the region, the New York metropolitan area, they are attracting, you know, those who lived in New Jersey. Um, they knew the struggles of, you know, being in the swamp of, of, of East Rutherford, New Jersey, being that the New York Knicks, his little sister. Um, and then, you know, even going to the NBA finals, they had to light up the Empire State Building, red, white, and blue when they went to the finals. I think that this is a culmination of the move from New Jersey to Brooklyn. Long Island feels them. Um, uh, Manhattan, I think, will support the Nets because it's still part of the five boroughs. But I think small market teams work in answer to your question if they have a fan base or they have the star power um, to to conduce or that's conducive to the marketplace. I feel like when LeBron came back to Cleveland the second time, it was attractive because LeBron got people to come to cold ass Cleveland um, in the same vein that I think Lillard is at that crossroads in Portland where I don't think I think Jason Kidd, who has interest in that job, you know, it's cool, but move the needle. Yeah, like playing for playing for Jason Kidd and playing with Jason Kidd are two different things. Pause. But I think 
I think at the end, <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, I think it comes down to a, the needle, like you said. C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard in Portland wasn't the same as Kyrie Irving and LeBron James and Kevin Love in Cleveland. It's two different things. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's also not the same as Steph and Clay, right? Just a little south of them, you know what I mean? Like, right. Damian Lillard is a stone cold killer on the court, and C.J. McCallum has has shown the the propensity to do that from time to time. But, um, you know, I, I, I think I think those two, the the difficulty with Portland is that with those two in tow, it's hard unless you find if you find your Draymond Green, if you find your Andre Iguodala. Now you have something, but the role players and the players that they're trying to fit into those types just aren't aren't cutting the mustard, let alone licking the jar. So it's one of those things where you need to figure out who you are as a franchise, and are Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum going to be the the guys to get you there? You you're looking for a move like a Kawhi. You know, you need that third guy to really add to those two to really make them a bona fide problem in the West. But as of right now. They're always going to be, you know, in that three to six range, um, fighting for their playoff lives, and uh, you know, looking at first or second round exits all the time. And that's why I think you're seeing the rumors about Damian Lillard possibly getting traded away, because I think Portland realizes, like, unless we surround this dude with a bunch of other dudes, it ain't going to happen because they don't have the cap space to do that e- anyway right now. So mm-hmm. I think Damian Lillard could very well be on the way. So him pining for uh, Jason Kidd is all cool and all, but. Uh, yeah, that ain't that ain't that ain't the answer to all these problems for sure. And Oakland's gonna look out for Oakland at the end of the day. Yep. Yep. So why why Jason Kidd? Why is he considered a, a guy to to take the, the Portland job? I know, you know, you got inside sources and you know Damian Lillard apparently wants Jason Kidd, but if you look at what he's done as a head coach, I mean he couldn't even coach Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now with, with that being said, Giannis wasn't Giannis today. But, but why Jason Kidd? Um, I think that the Jason Kidd uh, argument or the Jason Kidd desire from for for Damian Lillard has a lot to do with Oakland looking out for Oakland. Number one, um, <clears throat> I think that Jason Kidd uh, sitting an extra year on the Lakers bench uh, solidified a lot within perception because basketball. It's a perception league um, from who's put in media positions to, you know, who coaches. And so Jason Kidd in Los Angeles with the I think Jason Kidd was on a fast coaching track that needed to slow down from the beginning. You retired after playing 19 years in the league and a month later you had the head coaching job with the Brooklyn Nets. And from the jump, he and Billy King were just not on the same page because Jason Kidd, to some people, uh, craves power, and I don't think he looked at Billy King as a as a equal as it related to what Billy could do in the front office. And so when he went to Milwaukee, he hired Mark Lazary, who was his former financial advisor, and uh, he had a relationship with Mark going back to his days, you know, working for the Nets. And you know, and, and so I think in Milwaukee it, it worked. Jason Kidd needs to be around a young team. I don't, th- and, and I think that that time in Los Angeles where you win a r- another ring as a coach, um, and you surround yourself around LeBron James. The other thing is this: I know there was a job opening um, in, in the college ranks, and you know, in college you can't you can't coach a team unless you have a degree. He's finishing up his degree um, now, and so I think that this move with the Lakers was really a a a a, a brand rebuild, if you will. But I also think that um, the Bucks, or excuse me, I don't think the Blazers is the only job that fits. I, I, I honestly do think I spoke with someone last night that feels that if the if the Dallas Mavericks lose uh, tomorrow, that job could become available. Ooh. So there's, there's a there's a lot that 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 can be considered there. But I like what you were saying about about the young team. Um, I think we just saw that right. We're seeing it right now with Phoenix. Okay, Monty Williams had a stop in New Orleans, um, and there's admittedly he's even admitted there's some things he the you know some good and some bads that he learned from that experience there, and then he had the option to coach the Lakers or the Suns. He chose the Suns, and I and I and I always go back to this: LeBron is a figure, and LeBron is a dominant figure. Do you want to jump into that situation and always feel like you're having to defer to LeBron? No. You don't. That's why Monty chose Phoenix because it was a young team, a team that didn't know anything really 
um, a bunch of young players that are trying to learn. And I think when you take that into consideration and see the success and and the way that Monty was able to build the Suns to where they are now with the the, the help of James Jones as well as a, as a, as a great GM right now, um, I think Jason Kidd's best move, honestly, if he really wants to get back into being a head coach, is honestly probably down in Orlando. Start from scratch. That's a complete rebuild. Get your foundation, get your young guys, and build them all the way up the way you want to. In the cut, you he Jason Kidd needs to be in a situation where he is literally a college-type coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think – and I also think – at that situation in Los Angeles, he was he was he was hired to be hired, if that makes sense. Um, I got you. Yep. But local exceeded expectations. Like I look at this season, the way many some people thought last season could have been, mm-hmm. and it was actually a reverse because they couldn't hire Jason because they say it's because of perception and domestic violence and things that happened in his past from years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeannie Buss is, is a, is a powerful woman CEO of the Los Angeles Lakers. And for optics reasons, they, they didn't name the head coach, but um, you know, Kobe Bryant was very instrumental in getting Jason, the, helping Jason get that job in Los Angeles uh, because Rob Palenka was Kobe's uh, agent for some years. And um, I think that for that position with, with Frank Vogel, I think quietly a lot of people feel like the way that the Lakers um, ended this season, some people feel as though um, m- maybe at points certain players on the Lakers were tuning Vogel out. Oh, yeah. Hey, Frank and, Vogel was the best player for the Suns this this series. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah, and so I think I think part of the reason why Jason Kidd has sat so long is because you're weighing out those. It's almost like Jason Kidd at this point, karma has made him the new Lawrence Frank potentially in Los Angeles, <laughs> as it re, as it relates to Lawrence Frank ending up replacing. Byron Scott in New Jersey with the Nets. And it's like, it's, 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 or it may be a bit more modern or better example is like Ty Lue with, with Doc Rivers, like, or Ty Lue with, with, with David Black. Like, I I feel like he's the coach in waiting, but who's to say that the Lakers necessarily move full vocal this season or at the the all season. So I I think he has some options while Damian Lillard may want him. I, I I know that th- that there are teams that if he kind of sits back a little bit and is patient, he might get a better look. I just don't think I, I think while Kid may be interested and while 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 Lillard is wants him, I think there are other candidates out there. I, I think a candidate that that's definitely been overlooked for a while is David Vanderpool, a, 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 a colleague of mine, someone who I, I hold in the highest regard, who you know was passed up in, in Minnesota uh, because. Uh, the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves already had an existing relationship with the guy that, that, that they ended up bringing in to, to replace him and didn't really have to spend too much money in getting him, you know, and, and I think Vanderpool has been quiet. Vanderpool has been, you know, uh, uh, valiant in his approach and, and being positive, but uh, this guy deserves a head coaching position so much so that Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum spoke out on his behalf, you know, and, and wanting to see him, uh, make it to the next level. I, I think more attention should be paid to him. I know that Oklahoma and Indiana were two teams, who, as well as Houston, who had interviewed him last offseason. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, I, we, let's move along from that. Uh, you know, we got we got nine teams left, Clippers, Mavs, tomorrow, game seven. Uh, nobody can seem to win on their home court, which has been fascinating to watch. I don't know why that is, but – uh, who do you have in that series finally coming out? Will the Clippers finally get one at home, or will the Mavs move on to uh, face the Utah Jazz? And who do you see playing in the NBA Finals? Um, so you asked three questions. I'll try to retain all. So one, um, I do think that the Clippers will win tomorrow in Game 7. Okay. Um, and I didn't necessarily think that they would pull it out last night, but after seeing the way Kawhi Leonard played, I think he had 33 points in first three quarters. Um, and and he scored 43 points or 45 points in 43 minutes. Um, 
on 70% shooting. <laughs> yeah. Kawhi was on one last night. Yeah. Um, so I, I think when you look at that, I mean, the, 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 the visiting team has won um, every game. Uh, I think in this series, so like the Clippers have to like break tradition. Um, like, if this was a marriage, the 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 bride has to use the groom's pastor instead of the groom using the bride's pastor. Like, you got to break tradition. So, I think at the end of the day, um, I, I like the Clippers in this series. Um, and and I, but I, I'll tell you what, um, I think many people, including myself, felt that it could be Lakers. And that's at the beginning of the season, particularly because you want to see the Lakers or thought that the Lakers could repeat. Um, I think if the Clippers win this series, it'll be interesting. But um, I, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Nets can get past the Milwaukee Bucks, although I'd like to see that happen. I think yeah. that's going to go six or seven games. And I think that there there are some matchup nightmares on both sides um, and of the basketball, not just big three, not just Giannis, not just Drew Holiday, like legitimately like – I think Brooke Lopez is better on, on the, at the five than, you know, Nicholas Claxton. I think that um, Brent Forbes is going to be a difference maker in this series from Milwaukee. So that being said, uh, I, I say Nets Clippers with reservation. I say Nets Clippers with reservation because I, I think Utah is good. I think, I think, I think Phoenix is good. I think that this season um, is literally like a, a Cracker Jack box. You don't know which decoder ring you're going to get. And um, it's 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 great for basketball, but um, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Nets can go um, because I think Milwaukee is just that damn good. What about Philadelphia? You know, with you know possibly Joel Embiid missing out the in the entire series. No, nobody nobody believes in Philadelphia, Justin. Nobody, nobody, nobody. I like Philly. Nah, I don't. You know what? Go ahead. I like Philadelphia, but I like Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, who gets the free throw line almost twenty times a game. Um, this isn't this is a meniscus injury. This is not an injury that's like a, a a a broken fingernail or like a like 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 you saw what happened. Totally different injury, but you saw what happened when Anthony Davis tried to get back on that court. He was struggling. Like this is this meniscus thing is you got to run up and down the court. You got to bend, and Joel Embiid has been banged up. In portions of the season. So it's like, I like Philly, but I also think this. I also think that Philly from top to bottom, they got a squad. Like when you look at when you look at um Seth Curry, I think that was one of the most underrated free agency moves uh last offseason. Um he gave you 30 something points the other night uh and in beats absence. I, but I also think that um Tobias Harris is over overlooked. Um I think he should have been an all-star this year. But I also think um, that when you look at Philadelphia, um, Dwight Howard, uh, to me, was also one of those sneaky underrated moves. Because when you look at what Dwight Howard did for the Lakers last year and Anthony Davis's absence, imagine a world where he was in Los Angeles this season and was able to spell Anthony Davis. You, you might have still had a ball game against Phoenix. I don't think by much, but I think you would have had a ball game, the, at least on the defensive end. Um, and so I think even with him beat out, you still have Dwight Howard. Um, and, and I think um, I, I just think that there are some other things. Tyrese Maxey, uh, I think it's a scoring machine. You, you defensively, you have Matisse Thybul. I, I think that people just think Embiid is out and that's it. But I, I do think that they have some other tools in the shed, not just, you know, with, with Embiid out, I think they can still compete. Yes. But Atlanta, but Atlanta's no chump team. No, no. Not. Mm-mm. No, I'll say this. You know, we talked about Damian Lillard um, and the pieces just not quite fitting together. I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if you started to hear some stuff about Joel Embiid here in the next year or two um, just because, you know, the injuries, the lack of production in the playoffs or or at least the ability to get to where you need to go, which is that team should be in the Eastern Conference finals, if not the the finals. Um, at least once by now with them beating toe. And uh, so they've, they've always fallen short of the expectations uh, and they've spent money. You know, Tobias Harris has got a large contract and B's got a large contract, but it just never seems to quite work out for that team. So I think at some point you just throw your cards and you're just like, you know what, let's just, let's just figure out something else to do a different plan of attack. So uh, yeah. we got Sco- Scooby, Brandon Scooby Robinson joining us. Uh, Brandon's got a new gig at Bally sports. Uh, you know, how's that been going for you, Brandon? And, uh, 
you know, hey, what's new? What, what tell, tell us what's new? What, what kind of new content are you trying to put out now? Well, shout out to the connect for making the connect. Uh, <laughs> uh, respect. But I'll, I'll say that, um, you know, Valley has been cool. I will say that um, I like it because I'm still me. It's just a different platform to, you know, continue to do to do what I've been doing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful uh, to be in that position. But honestly, um, just writing every day about something. Um, I think uh, you know, I had a report out yesterday uh, pertaining to uh, Kelly Oubre. Uh, the, the, the Lakers will be monitoring him. I know that he will command 20 to 30 million uh, next season. Kelly Oubre? 20 Tsunami. to 30. Tsunami yeah. Poppy. Dude, Tsunami Poppy's not getting 20 million. <laughs> Dude, he <laughs> might have gotten 20, million, 20 mil last year. But this year, after that performance, hell no. Re- really putting an emphasis on that T dollar sign. Yo, you, you, <laughs> if, if, dude, if if Kelly Oubre, Phoenix don't in, worry about Kelly Oubre. I learned that quick. Yo, if Kelly Oubre <laughs> makes more money than Mikael Bridges in this upcoming offseason, I will lose my mind. <laughs> Mikael Bridges is a far better player on both ends of the court. Period. Tsunami Poppy can't make more than twenty <laughs> yeah. mil. Oh my god, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose well, it. Well, and Saul. I have to suffer this. If he goes to the Lakers and they're giving him twenty to thirty million, better. I, I got to be the better. one to suffer this. So Even you should better. be happy. You Even should be happy better. if the Lakers. Yo, that's what I want to happen. <laughs> I believe this. So I'll preface this with saying the Lakers have interest. Um, I will add that um, the Warriors do want him, and the war the 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 only issue with the Warriors is they have. Multiple max guys. You got Wiggins, you got Curry, you got Clay, and you have Draymond. And the only way to adequately pursue him is it's, it's you're gonna have to do some type of 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 Houdini magic. And and just from folks that I've talked to, the market for a three and D guy at this point because the three and D position is like. The mandate, the three and D that can play defense, the three and D that can guard Kevin Durant, Kawhi, LeBron, etc. Um, those that I have spoken with, go ahead. But is he that dude? I don't, I don't think he's that dude. And and I, I I get what you're saying about the Warriors. I feel like sometimes teams have to put out messaging just to say you know just to cover their bases, like in case this dude leaves. Hey, we had interest in him. Like okay, cool. But did you really have interest in him? That guy in that system does not fit. Period. Every time that ball is in his hands, it's a black hole. And everybody knows it. It was the same way here in Phoenix. But the problem, right. the, but the good thing in Phoenix was you didn't have Chris Paul on the team. So you needed another scorer. So you kind of dealt with it with, with Tsunami for a little right. bit. But at the Warriors, if Clay comes back, could you imagine him passing up Clay or Steph on a wide open shot in the fourth quarter when they need a bucket the most and him taking it? No, never. Which is, in my opinion, I, I'm I'm in the middle. I know folks on the Lakers side. I know Kelly, um, but I I, I, I love I, Kelly. I, I love Kelly. I, but this is what I'll say: I think there are some teams um, that could use him, um, and and not name the Lakers. This is from my opinion. I think teams like the Celtics could use him defensively. I think teams like the Portland Trailblazers could use him. I, I, if we're just talking like contenders or like guys that are like second or third tier. I think that, I think that a Denver Nuggets team could use them. I think an Orlando magic could use him. I think a Knicks team could use them. I think a Philadelphia team could use them, but it's Memphis. I think Memphis can use them too. And I, I, but go ahead. He, he, he ain't feeling Memphis. One thing, if you know, if you know, Kelly, if you know, Kelly, my man wants to go to a to a a market where he can flourish, uh, and and more than just on the court. Like he he has a style sense. He's got an off court brand. It's very appealing, and and he's he's very heavy in the fashion. He was going to go to Fashion Week last year. Like like my man is into that kind of stuff. New York makes too much sense. New it York makes too lot, much sense, particularly cap space wise. Yep. I think because the Knicks got like what forty-seven million in cap space, somewhere between forty and sixty. Yeah. I don't know the exact number. KD and Kyrie did them a favor uh, because they did it. They literally balled out this season on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you look at Kelly Oubre defensively, as well as um, 
he's considered a vet now. I also think that um, what you said about his brand makes a lot of sense, but I also think um, fit, like you said. Like I think when you look at the Knicks and you look at them in, in, in the playoffs this season, um, Taj Gibson's cool, uh, <laughs> but I think that point guard position and defensive defensively, like you, you need a guy that can cover the opposing team's top three. Or top two, so I, I think the, I think that while the Lakers is 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 buzzing, and I think that the, you know I think that the Lakers are looking at a lot of pieces, alt, and I and I do think that the market um, is going to dictate a little differently this year. I do think that there are there are a lot of other teams that are suiting for Kelly Oubre, and and, and you'll hear from me where he'll be going uh, during the free. There you go. There you go. The plug right there. Heck there yeah. we go. The scoop. Well, hey, was, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say the scoop. Yeah, the, the scoop. Plug, there the it scoop. is. Yeah, there it is. Well, hey, Brandon, we appreciate your time today uh, on the Total BS Podcast. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Valley Sports Network. Uh, check out all my written work, interviews. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure, most importantly, um, that you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast, which is available on all streaming platforms. Uh, we get three to five million uh, streams annually, so we're making things happen on all fronts. But Bovada as well. Check me and Lisa Ann out every Thursday yeah. um, on Instagram Live, uh, talking basketball. If you yeah, if you don't know who Lisa Ann is um, and, you, and you don't follow her work, uh, well, all I'm going to say is is uh, you should and you should see hey. she's got a lot of knowledge. She's hey, sports wise, like I I've been very impressed by what she puts out there. Um, and her knowledge behind not only the gambling scene, but also um, just sports in general. Uh, I mean, she's she's got a brilliant mind and, um, you know, not to be underestimated for sure. So, you know, I, know, I love the work you guys are doing together every Thursday, right? You guys are dropping a podcast or going Instagram live. So we do Instagram live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's there you go. Heck yeah. There you go. All right, Scoop. We appreciate your time, brother. Gentlemen, thank you for the opportunity to be myself. You're the you best, go. Scoop. Thank you. All right, Scoop B joining us on the Total BS podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I guess I didn't mean to say like if you don't know like, who she you is, go follow, follow her work. Follow her fan. work. And as soon as you said that, I was like, I'm, I'm like, I meant like on the sports side. Okay. <laughs> and you know, so like, hey, I'm sorry if you don't know who Lisa Ann is by now. Then you know, I can't help you on that. But uh, but him and uh, you know, Scoop and, and Lisa do a, a great job of um, their work with Bravada. Uh, and, I, and like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of, of what he does. Uh, I, you know, I was able to talk to him about um, an opportunity here at Bally Sports, and we got him over here, and it was fun. It's been fun to, to work with him uh, on the side here and there, and uh, hopefully bigger things are to come. The thing I love about Scoop B is that you know he's really embedded in the NBA community, but anytime I reach out to him asking him to come on the podcast or do a radio hit, he is – all about it and he always appreciates helping us supporting us and you know having a guy like that in our corner is is big time so we can't thank uh scooby enough for joining us here on the on the, on the total bs podcast for but sure. when you're talking about lisa ann and go follow her work it's like if you don't <laughs> if you don't know who she is it's like you know that old saying like why don't you go read a book well in today's world go to the internet yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not advising you to Google search it. But hey, hey, all I'm gonna say is, uh, is that she's uh, she's very she's talented great. and she's great, uh, especially on the yes. Instagram lives and stuff like that. And uh, we'll leave it there. How about that? Yeah, her, her and Scooby. I mean, they're a great team together, uh, dropping all sorts of knowledge. Yeah, I, I think it's unbelievable. So make sure. Uh, you go check it out on Scooby's social media platforms. For sure. But we have come to that time of the the, the broadcast where uh, we were going to talk about a million other things, but it was such a good conversation with Scooby that we were just like, well, you know, let's just keep this rolling. But uh, everybody's favorite segment, dad jokes, baby. Dad jokes. Here we go. Dad jokes. Justin, uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You know, what? I'll go first. Uh, I'll, I'll go, go first. first. I got you. First. I'm gonna go first. Okay. All right. Did okay. you? Um, I, I don't okay. know if you saw the news this week. Did you hear about? Um, you know, uh, corduroy pillows are now back in the news. Have you heard about that? <laughs> are they making headlines? Hey, <laughs> damn it! Damn it! <laughs> Funny story about corduroy. Uh, one of my old roommates in college, um, he wore corduroy pants, and 
he was talking all sorts of shit to my brother when my brother came by and visited us. And he was like, Colin, I know you're not talking shit with them corduroy pants on. You can't sneak up on anybody. (laughs) 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 All right. So uh, what do you call a deer with no eyes? (laughs) A doctor? No idea. No idea. What? Did I totally botch that? No idea. A deer with no eyes. No idea. I Google searched that one, so that's probably a win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, All right. Okay. I, I, okay. I'll follow it up with this one because I, I have a bunch of them. I took a job as the head of McDonald Farm. I'm now the CIEIO. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, I used to play the piano. You know, I used to I used to play it by ear. Now I use my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man! Uh, you know what I love about this segment is that every joke is just cringeworthy, but you can't help but laugh. Um, <laughs> what do you call a man with a rubber toe? What's his name? R- Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I uh, I made a, a pencil with two erasers. Okay, it was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, uh, last last one for me. Um, <laughs> since I'm a cheapskate, my family says I'm the cheapest person they know. But for some reason, it doesn't I'm make not, sense. I'm not buying it, or it doesn't make sense. Ah! There's two answers for that. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried to catch a fog no yeah i have i missed <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and that's dad jokes for oh, this week folks. oh man uh sorry we've been gone for the last couple of weeks we just had some uh scheduling i was up Life. in idaho and justin um i don't know was uh i don't know what, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks just dealing with work, man. Yeah. Uh, got the radio show back on ESPN Tucson. Yes, you uh, do. Weekdays from 3 to 6. And now with uh, spring sports and postseason play, like you have college baseball starting NCAA uh, tournament. You have uh, softball now in the Women's College World Series. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, the NBA playoffs right now, like that's been really at, at the top of our content uh, throughout the week. And nice. it's, it's, been, it's been pretty busy this week. But – uh, Saul, uh, you mentioned you were up in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of postseason baseball, I just want to give a big shout out to your son, Alex Bookman, in the uh, LSU Shreveport. What's their mascot? The Pilots. The Pilots. Yeah. You know, for making it to the NAIA World Series championship, uh, unfortunately, fell short. Yeah. However, you make it to the championship game. That's that's one hell of a season and. You know, Alex and I have known each other for a, f- a few years now. I mean, pretty much ever since, you know, we've known each other, Saul. But um, unbelievable young man. And every time I look at him, I'm like, dude, that's literally a mini version <laughs> of Saul. That is a yeah. mini Saul. And uh, no, man, I just – I love that kid. Um, got a great head on his shoulders and a bright future, and I can't wait to see what he does, whether it's in baseball or off the field. For sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, selfish plug. Uh, you know, Alex – in the in the in the playoffs, he had a chance to uh, pitch one inning um, in in a couple rounds, and then finally they get to the regional. Um, they're facing elimination. They got to beat the the same team twice in the regional championship, um, and they give him the ball in the first in the first elimination game, right? Um, and he hadn't pitched for a couple weeks, so he steps in there and he goes seven, gives up one run, was such an instrumental part of that team. Um, ultimately getting to the NAA World Series. And, uh, you know, I'll tell, tell you what, if, if there's uh, if there's anybody out there that's ever been prouder of somebody, I'd like to meet him because I was definitely beaming a pride. And I'm super proud of him and his teammates, you know. I mean, uh, let me tell you something about this, okay? You know, we hear about the Division One programs and stuff like that and the things that they have to battle and stuff. This, These NAIA kids, um, they're out there balling, giving everything they got. His squad was riddled with COVID. And guy after guy, key pieces of the team had to sit out of tournaments and games uh, for weeks on end. Um, they got to Idaho, and one of their relievers 
uh, was tested positive for COVID. So he had to stay in his room the entire tournament. And uh, his Man. parents had driven all the way from Louisiana to come watch him pitch. And they were they were stuck there too. And they gave him the option. They said, we can leave if you want to, or we can stay. And uh, this kid was like, no, I want to be with my teammates, even though I'm stuck in this hotel room. Like, uh, you know, I, I still want to support them. And so they did. Uh, the rest of the team, because of that positive test, even though they all tested negative every single day, they were also basically going to the field and back to their hotel rooms and nowhere else. They weren't allowed to go anywhere else. It, it was just a tough situation overall. Um, I, I, obviously, I traveled to go up there and, and see my son and spend time with him, but obviously I, I couldn't uh, during that time except when he was at the field. But he got to see me in the stands, and I got to you know support him. And um, on the final day when they did get eliminated, we were all able to go out to, to – because at that point there is no testing, and you might as well just go ahead and – grab a bite and um, have a few beers. And it, it was great. And his teammates were so awesome. That whole program, you know, just some of the best kids I've ever met. And um, and the parents were amazing. So like, you know, if, for, for those of you who are out there and you got kids that are competing in the high school level, and of course we would all love if they go division one, that's not the end all be all, you know, you can go the JC route, you can go division two, three, NAIA. There's still quality programs and quality ball um, a lot of former Division One players playing at the NAIA level. Um, and it's just it's just great to watch. And the most important thing, these kids know how to have fun. I saw 25 bat flips, I think, the entire time I was there uh, from all these teams that were crushing home runs and just having a great time. A lot of dancing, a lot of you know you know moves when they get to second base and they're like doing the you know it just it was just great fun. And uh, I'm super proud of Alex and his team. They they did a amazing job bat flips in the first inning oh yeah oh, oh yeah. that's i love it oh, oh yeah man. oh yeah like dude <laughs> hey, let them have fun for real like hey i'm sorry i'm sorry you served up this 85 mile an hour fastball right down the middle of the plate that's not my problem yeah if you don't like it stop pitch it better. from happening pitch better there you go and uh, i think major leaguers could learn that lesson as well that's awesome man the, How- the, the unwritten rules <laughs> yeah tony la Rosa. All right. Um, <laughs> Tell the people where they can find us, Justin. Total BS Podcast. Big shout out to Alex Bookman. Unbelievable baseball player. Unbelievable guy. Just wanted to end it on that note. But Total BS Podcast, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. And for the live stream, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, Twitch. Give us a like and a follow on Facebook as well. And wherever you subscribe to Total BS Podcast, please, please, please. Please do this favor for us because it certainly helps us rate, review, subscribe, and then unsubscribe, re-rate, and re-review, and just keep doing it over and over again so you can <laughs> boost us up on those platforms. So we appreciate for sure, it. For sure. Yeah, we got a lot of cool things coming up. We actually have a major announcement coming up here, I want to say, in the next couple of weeks. Um, some some big news coming up. Stay so, tuned for uh, that. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll continue to work for you and try to get some some cool guests on here. Uh, NBA playoffs are a big deal, obviously. College sports are about to wrap up, but then we take like a month and then we get back right into football. And it's uh, mm-hmm. you know it's that time of the year uh, with a shrunken summer. It feels like because the NBA is kind of uh, obviously delayed a little bit. So yeah. Um, but until next time, we appreciate you you following us. This, that's for Justin at Justin Esports. You can follow me at Twitter at Saul underscore Bookman. Until next time, we'll see you when we see you. Peace. Lakers twenty two champs. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best sixteen if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack. Rapping at the